Welcome to Talking Mopars, episode number 170, and another Friday Night Live. This time on the show, I had my friends, Johnny Mopar, Jeremy from Sorta Stock Mopars, our friends Harold and Polly, and several others in the chat. It was a great time as usual, so without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. The A833 is the famed four-speed found in our beloved Mopars from 1964 until 1979. I have one in my 72 340 Roadrunner, and when it was time to get my shift together, I reached out to pass in performance. So, if you're rebuilding your A833, need parts for it, or if you're looking to leave it in the hands of a professional to rebuild it for you, look no further than Passon Performance. Jamie Passon is an expert when it comes to these units, and I highly recommend heading over to PassonPerformance.com to get your shift together. Wow. <laughs> it has been a long time since I've seen you fellas on a live. How is it going? Good, man. Yeah, it has been a while. Yeah, it's, and you, you know, Ruben was dropping lives like crazy back in the day, and then he just like <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody was a little winded after the muscle cars at the strip. They decided to take yeah. a breather. Yeah, that, and I think I think it's good to take a break from everything. Like I feel rejuvenated now. <laughs> like I'm ready for the summer. I'm ready yeah. to have some fun. Um, but I'm I'm glad to be on here with my my friends Johnny Mopar and Jeremy from Sort of Stock Mopars, good friends of mine, and uh, we're here to talk Mopars. Now, <laughs> let's let's talk about the elephant in the room, the Meekum oh. auction. How crazy was that shit? I Thoughts? didn't watch it. You I didn't? didn't watch it. No, <laughs> I didn't watch it either. I've been watching the backlash and the the props and everything from. Um, facebook and i've been seeing everybody just it, it's been uh it's been crazy I, I i if i remember right i predicted that that black ghost the fake legend <laughs> would probably hit about i think i said 600 and uh, i was a little off <laughs> to say the least so you think all that story was fabricated just to hype up the car to get a big dollar amount for it i've seen a lot of people that are from detroit say they never heard of that car Okay. Never heard of it. Um, so the car existed. The guy existed. Yeah. He brought it out a couple of times, but no. it, it was never like the dominant force that it was kind of sold as, right? Who? I think it might have been Mike Coffee. Somebody it made was, a comment like, <laughs> hey, in Detroit in the 70s, you're telling me that the stock Hemi Challenger was beating everybody in Detroit. And I'm like, that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody, well. nobody modified anything back then, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I find it really hard to believe. Cool story. Who knows? Maybe there were little pockets of different street racing communities, and maybe he just happened to be the dominant force at this particular one. Right. Who knows? I don't know if I buy into it 100. percent Like a lot of people have been saying, amazing marketing. They did a great job marketing the hell out of yeah. that thing, and they squeezed probably, I don't know, half a million dollars out of it just on the marketing alone. Um, yeah. 
but that's watching why. it live though it, it kind of seemed like the excitement wasn't really there i think maybe really was going to go way above a million and like they were trying to really push it heavy you know they, you know they sit there on the auction block forever way longer than they would for a bunch of other cars um I kind of thought, just given the hype, maybe you'd see plus more than a million. Yeah. 1.5, 1.6. You know, yeah. you see a heavy bird go across. It's going to be in the million plus range if it's a real heavy bird. Yeah. And uh, it just it didn't seem like people were as excited about it as Dodge and everybody has been blowing up over the past <laughs> year. You know, I, uh, I million bucks is still a great amount for a car, though. I'm sure the guy's oh, yeah. really happy. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think. Uh, I think it's overhyped and it was kind of realized like even on the auction block. Well, you, you got to figure like those guys that have that kind of coin to drop, like they're going to be, they're going to do their homework. You know, like they're, they're like, say there was a real Sox and Martin car that went up on the block, you know, mm-hmm. or a Richard Petty car or something like that. Like they're going to make damn sure that that car is authenticated, you know, before they go and buy it, right? And I'm not saying that the car was a fake or anything, but as far as the story being what it was, you know, hyped up to be, you know, it, it seems to me that you don't really have to dig too far to kind of figure out, well, the story is coming from the family, but there's not really like street cred out there where other people were really talking about the car, like this thing came out and dominated. And you got to figure in those days, there was probably a thousand black challengers running around, you know, I mean, there was probably all kinds of makes and models just yeah. dominating the streets, coming yeah. out street racing. Like what are the odds you're going to remember yeah. any particular car and go like, Oh yeah, that plump crazy, you know, road runner. Remember that car? And it was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of thousand of them, you know, you might think it was the same car and it was a bunch of different ones. Yeah. I think the endorsement by Dodge over the last year it's been talked about, right? I think that's really all someone needed to hear and see for the time period they've been promoting it to uh, take it for, for real, you know, to get, to get I it feel to like a lot of people that, that have coin that want to drop that on a card that they're probably not going to drive or a little yeah. lazy fare with their money. Maybe they just are assuming they can sell it if need be in the future and it's not a loss or anything. So that kind of like a way to invest their coin with it while also saying that yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, the cars, I, I've seen the car in person. I may or may not have touched it when nobody was looking. Uh, <laughs> I, it was crazy when I was in Vegas. And I'm like, is that the fucking black ghost just sitting over there? And I'm in this shitbox dart and I'm like, I think this is a perfect photo opportunity, right? <laughs> and there was some people like hanging out like in the distance and they see this shitbox come up, start backing next to this half million dollar car. And I know they were just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You, sh- you should have made up a story. You should have said this car was used to tow the Challenger to the drag race events or something. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tried to get my block too. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a cool car. Lots of cool options. I just yeah. don't know if I buy the story completely. You know, maybe he did go street racing, but to say he's undefeated and all that's like, all right, don't embellish it too much because then it's unbelievable. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. They, like I said, they did a good job marketing it. What do you guys think about the RTS Cuda that was sold? Oh, is this the uh, yeah, the wild the rapid one. transit car? Yeah. 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 The rapid transit caravan car. Again, I didn't what the sold for? Huh? What? Remember the price on that? 
What two million dollars? That was a two mil. Yeah, yeah. I think it was two million, which was funny that it blew the doors off of. Apparently, the Black Ghost isn't undefeated because that, that RTS Cuda came in and said, "Uh, yeah, <laughs> cool, cool million dollar car." I think so. The final, the actual hammer price on from what I, I keep getting different uh, numbers because I never actually saw. It. I saw the screen and I. What was it over a million or was it was it nine hundred and seventy five or something like that? What was it actually? What did it actually hammer for? That's the question. I thought um, it was a million fifteen, but maybe it was nine seventy five. Because I see one here sold. This is from Meekum itself. One million seventy two thousand five hundred dollars. You know, and you got the fees and all that shit. So I wonder if that's nine seventy five plus a ten percent premium. That math sounds right. I'm not a mathematician, but that sounds about right. Um, what's up, everybody in the chat? What's going on? Some familiar faces, and we got Harold. Harold joining us. What's up, Harold? Hey, what's up? Welcome to Talking Mopars. Hey, finally made it. Hey, Johnny. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, Harold? Pretty good. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Late over here after one o'clock here. Oh man! Yeah, wow. Well, here we are. What yeah. did, What did you What did you think about this auction stuff? Uh, it was kind of like uh, what I figured it was going to be. I was I was guessing it would go for about a mil. Yeah. But um, with all the hype and everything that's gone with it, I actually bought my '69 GTX from uh, Dean Heron, and he was in the original Black Ghost video when all the hype started. He's the okay. one that helped Gregory Qualls get that car going, and he yeah. knew and he knew Godfrey. Okay. Um, he's a real big Mopar guy out in, in uh, Detroit and has lots of cars, goes through his hands. But he told me that, uh, you know, he grew up in Detroit and he did know the lore of that car. Really? But, yeah, you know, I think it was maybe exaggerated some. Uh, sure. But like you said, he grew up there, full Mopar guy. But and he helped. He helped um, Godfrey get it going originally because okay. it sat so long. He came yeah. to him because he's a Hemi specialist, and uh, then it kind of got put on the back burner again. And then of course he passed, and then that's how um, Gregory got in touch with Dean. And Dean's the one that did all the actual mechanical work on that car to get it going, to actually film the video for Haggerty and everything. Okay, um, at least that's what he told me. So. I don't know. I think that all the hype that came with it was crazy to make that a last call car and the whole works. And the, yeah, how about that? That's yeah, pretty nuts uh, that it had that much influence yeah. on Dodge. <laughs> yeah, certainly. So, hey, hey, more power to them. It's great. They cashed in. Uh, I think his dad would probably would have tipped over, you know, to see that car go for that much. He, he was hoping to get 100K for it at one point. So, uh, yeah, you're pretty good there. It is a pretty cool car. car. (laughs) Yeah, I thought the rapid transit car was, I was waiting for that one. I was shocked that it went that high, but that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. completely, completely crazy. Um, (laughs) The auctions lately with Mopars have been kind of, kind of outlandish if you ask me i'm like this is nuts and i really don't watch them too much i usually see the after stuff i want to know because i maybe i'm wrong here correct me if i'm wrong guys but uh when i watch some of these auction shows it seems like uh mopars even though it's sponsored by dodge like it seems like they just don't get the same amount of love i maybe it's changing now because they're so prevalent but a lot of the auctions i've watched it's like Chevy, Chevy, Chevy. I'm like waiting for the Mopars. I'm just bored out of my mind. And then the Mopars come across the block and it's exciting. 
Um, and then you get like, and then you get the random cars that go through. I'm like, show me the Mopars. Don't show me this 96 Mustang Celine or whatever it is going across the block. But, um, it's fun to see what they hammer for. Uh, and it's fun to watch the prices of project cars after an auction because <laughs> they get a little bit crazy. Uh, but yeah, especially in our world. Yeah. Mopar yeah. World, it's, we're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah, uh, as far as I can remember, the Mopars were always few and far between. Whether I mean, yeah. even whether it's a uh, cars and coffee or if it's an auction, doesn't matter, right? They just yeah. they don't exist to the number that the Chevys and Fords do. So whenever I would see them go across the block, it's always going to be proportionally higher than a lot of your average Fords and Chevys. Yeah, I'm just you know with the Dodge thing, I'm really surprised that uh, they lean so heavy um, with these last call cars on. Like they had the the Daytona for um, Big Willie, right? So they had that one, which I kind of thought. I don't know. I think they could have did something a little bit better. Um, you know, sticker package. Okay, it's cool. The Black Ghost, you know, kind of cool. But uh, when when they did the Swinger, I was like, what in the hell are they doing here? <laughs> you know, what I mean? that that one really threw me for a loop. Um, I I don't know whose idea that was. Part of me thinks it's cool, and part of me is like, man, you guys are really reaching here. <laughs> um, now, what do you guys think about the the Demon 170, the 170 proof Demon? I think the E85 tune from the factory was kind of long overdue. Yeah, I'm really glad they came out with it. Sure. I don't know I, anything about it. Me neither. <laughs> I just know I can't afford it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, me too. Um, they've got optional like Mopar performance, like direct connection. You can get a cage, you can get a shoot. I mean, the car's badass. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's not, but I kind of wanted something more out of the, the final one, you know, not, I don't care about like the speed as much because we knew it was going to be fast, but I wanted something a little different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It was a little, it was cool, but it, I feel like it was lackluster. If that's going to be the last badass car, like it, it's a challenger with a better with some better tuning and stuff. I don't know. That's that's kind of how be, I feel. It won't be the last badass car. You don't think so? No, Mopar ain't gonna quit. There'll be something new. So. Uh, a little birdie told me, and uh, this is from a very very good source, that uh, the Charger Daytona, the electric one, is actually um, it has the provisions to put a Hemi in it. So they ha- they kind of have a backup plan, from what I understand. So in case the elect the electric shit goes south, uh, they'll be able to use that platform for a Hemi. From what I from what I understand, the source that told me, I won't dime him out, <laughs> but uh, very credible. And I was like, really? So they were kind of ready for, you know, the backlash that they were going to get, and they prepared. So I'm wondering how many of those cars are going to be Hemi swapped once they get released. We'll see. Yeah. Well, it could right. just be the top tier package. Maybe they do have baselines for Hemi. Maybe. I don't, I don't, hopefully, they don't put a V6 in it, but you know they probably will. <laughs> yeah. One Dodge. Um, uh, they only have the top tier is that that Daytona Banshee. But yeah. uh, you know, when you look at the the minerals to make these cars, they all can't be electric. No. We, we, yeah. Everybody knows this. They're just like sticking their head in the dirt, trying to pretend it doesn't exist. But we can't all have electric cars. <laughs> you know, I, as much as I'm against electric cars, so at work. All right, I have a new position at work, and some of the manager vehicles are the new Ford Lightnings. Okay, 
now of course i'm hating on it immediately i'm like this piece of shit right i take that thing for a spin okay now this isn't a this isn't a tesla like the fast tesla the tesla plaid or anything i get in this ford f-150 and i hammer it right hopefully nobody from work's watching this i hammer it and the thing put me i mean it's for an f-150 the thing moves and from what i understand a, a basic uh f-150 lightning can smoke a trx it's like a 13 second truck and while 13 seconds doesn't sound like much you're talking about an f-150 contractor truck is basically what i drive around mm. that's insane <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's crazy yeah um I, yeah, I that's what my GTX runs, 13 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's And it's also a different kind of power, too, because it's like it's there and it's instant and you are in your seat. Um, it's I, I couldn't I couldn't help but laugh. And it's funny because I, I wasn't expecting it. And it kind of turned my stomach a little bit like it made me car sick when I did it. I was like, whoa, I was like, that is a completely different feel. Now, I still would never buy one, but uh, I will gladly um, run the one at work and have some fun in it uh nobody's tried to race me yet in it not that i would race the work truck but um it's uh electric power is completely different i don't it's fun but at the same time you're missing the sound and the feel and what i drive is a truck so it's like yeah you don't really get that same feel you know it's it's like ferraris and lamborghinis i mean those cars are ultimate supercars right and they're they're badass in their own right but they're not for the everyday guy you know what i mean and it's like i don't have any desire to own one and i'm sure this banshee is going to be super badass when it comes out and you know we'll set all kinds of records and stuff but it's like i still don't have a desire to own it at least not right now i mean maybe that'll change but yeah right now i don't have any desire to own a lamborghini ferrari or a banshee or even a Hellcat for that matter. I mean, I'll take one if anybody's giving one away, but you know, it's like, uh, it's just, it's a different realm that than what I'm playing in. You yeah, know? for sure. It's not for me. Have you driven one of the new, uh, Hemi cars like challenger or charger, Johnny, just a five, seven rental okay. car. Yeah. Fuck, I should have let you drive the scat pack in Vegas. <laughs> it's all it's, good. They're definitely fun, but there's just something yeah. more visceral about, you know, Old well, there. My well, Chris Field has a a scat pack. He okay. let me take it for a spin, yeah. and it's phenomenal. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah. stupid, stupid power. And yeah. I think what is that making? It's making like four hundred and seventy-five horse or something. Four eighty-five. Four eighty-five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I bought a new one in sixteen, a shaker. Yeah. Okay. Or, but kept it three years, 3,000 miles, three sets of tires, and uh, got rid of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I loved it, but I missed my old school car, so. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely different. I feel it's. I feel completely safe in that car, <laughs> you know, going at high speed. I didn't take it, like, crazy speed. I think yeah. I got it up to, like, maybe 90 or 100, but it was just like that, and then yeah. out yeah. of it, you know, because it's not my car. Yeah, but, for sure. You do that in the in my duster. I'm not even sure. I, don't, I doubt my duster will make that kind of power. But you feel like your life is in jeopardy in that car because it's just you know it's it's yeah. violent. Well, that's it's shaking, shaking, right? Huh? What? You want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different feeling. Well, you're on edge. Like when you're in the duster, everything is high alert because anything can go wrong. 
when you're in the scat pack, it's sort of like, I feel completely safe. It's, you know, the brakes are awesome. The car is stable. It's, you know, it's just solid and it makes tons of power. So it's, it's definitely leap years ahead of my duster, but it is a different thing, you know? Um, so, you know, for anyone that's afraid of like the transition with EVs and the introduction and all that, all we got to do is look back at the transmissions, right? They've got a lot of different technology that came out of transitions or transmissions, but people still want the standards, mm. right? I mean, yeah. young kids probably wouldn't even understand what you're talking about. You told them standard transmission, but a manual stick shift, they want the feel of the car and manufacturers, Toyota, Dodge, some are still offering them. And they're they're saying that the, the manual is still around when it should be dead. It should have been dead ten years ago. You know, when you talked about the Ferraris and the Lambos and stuff, they talked about the paddle shifters. They all thought that was gonna end the manual. But yeah. uh, it didn't. It's still around. People still want that. So the demand's always gonna be there for our internal combustion engines. I don't see them going away anytime soon. I don't either. I, there's gonna be a lot of like I'm curious to see. I, I know that uh, somebody, I don't know who it was. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Somebody brought to SEMA a hydrogen-powered, uh, It was, I think it was Arrington Performance. I could be wrong. But somebody brought like a hydrogen-powered Chevelle or something. Um, I think it was an LS car. But uh, I, I like that the threat of EVs is getting people to start thinking of uh, other ways to fuel cars and still make them fun and have the sound and all that stuff. So we'll see what, we'll see what happens. I, I still, uh, it's going to be a long time, hopefully, hopefully long after our time that, uh, our, our cars are gone, but there's something about, I feel the best behind the wheel of a car that I feel somewhat unsafe in. Like if I feel like there's a potential, the car could kill me. It feels a little bit funner. And I don't have anything fast at all, but that dart, you take that thing on the road and it's like, I don't know if I trust this thing a hundred (laughs) percent, Yeah, but I I did enjoy it. Yeah. It's got the the mighty two. You got to spin that to 7,000 RPM and just look at those valves. There was definitely, there was definitely some little runs around town where I was like, this is a little sketchy. I don't know if I trust this thing. Plus uh, it's got those old craggers on it. And, um, while they are uh, direct drill, um, <laughs> at least two of the washers that you torque down for some reason that I have two on one of my steer tires that just mushroomed out. And I was like, huh, that's a little sketchy. And I was torquing them down all evenly. But I had heard that the old wheels with the washers and shit are just sketchy. And, uh, so when I'm driving around, I'm like, I probably should just man up and buy another set of the lug nuts and washers and just get those ones replaced because I don't know if I trust them. Um, and people were saying, yeah, they come loose, so you got to check the torque. So I've been kind of paranoid. So every time I drive it, check the torque, <laughs> just make sure it's okay. But I'm looking at a couple of those lug nuts, and I'm like, I don't know if I trust these now because I crushed the washers. But um, I don't know. It's stuff like that where like I have a little bit of doubt in the car <laughs> makes me feel good when I'm driving it. <laughs> <laughs> you ever had a tire fall off while you were driving? <laughs> no, but funny story. When uh, when I was young and uh, I worked at a tire store, uh, like we were a bunch of kids working at this tire store. And I remember one time a car left and then 20 minutes later it came back on a flatbed. And one of the tires came off. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. But uh, it was always like, who fucking worked on that one? <laughs> but uh, yeah, sketchy stuff. Like never, never personally. Um, 
I, I've seen it on semis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, disaster when a wheel comes off. We just had a a huge blowout on one of our trucks at work, and it was our trucks are right side drive, and it blew out on the drive side, and it yanked. This, this guy blew the tire at sixty miles an hour, and it was it blew with such force that it blew the hood open, so he couldn't see where he was going. And uh, he's a little guy, and he was holding that wheel for dear life and it just sucked him onto the soft shoulder and sucked him into the ditch and then put him at a 45 degree angle. And I, I couldn't help but think if it was the other side and it yanked him the other direction, cause he was in the slow lane. And if it yanked him the other direction, uh, it could have yeah, been a disaster. I blew a steer tire on my semi a few months ago. And that was first time in 30 years of driving semi that yeah. happened. That was interesting. So. Yeah. I, I've blown, I've blown drive axle, tires and it scares the hell out of me every time you're just moseying along and boom <laughs> yeah. and then the the scary part for me is watching in the mirror the shrapnel <laughs> and all the cars behind you go Foof! <laughs> like is hoping that somebody doesn't die that's uh, yeah I, I i would never want to blow a steer tire on a semi <laughs> that would be awful yeah, never popped a tire but I, I have lost one yeah, and my truck actually driving up to Reno, about two hours away from home on the freeway. And I remember feeling vibrations. And if anyone on the call has ever driven on the 99 Highway in California, it's a small highway that goes the whole length of the way. Uh, it's terrible. It's just pothole after pothole. So you think the vibrations, the rope, which I did. Yeah, and uh, it took me about a couple hours. And I look over and I see this lady, and she's staring at my wheel. And then I see her eyes get big. And then she looks up at me and she looks at the wheel and I hear, she, I couldn't hear, but I saw her scream in her car. <laughs> oh and I thought, oh, I better get up. So I, I put my blinker on. I took the off ramp. And as soon as I got on the off ramp, the ass end just <laughs> slid down. And I watched the tire just go past me and shoot off into the intersection. Oh, shit. So it was, it was okay. I was off the freeway and it was a rear tire, not a drive for a steering tire. But yeah. Uh, yeah. That was all because I put it on with a torque gun or a torque uh, wrench. And, or not torque wrench, excuse me, an impact gun. And oh, I didn't yeah. torque it. So yeah. now it's a habitual habit after everything I put time <laughs> on. Now. I, I'm paranoid. I'll triple check everything. That's how I <laughs> – I triple check everything just to make sure it's all tight. But um, this dart, like I said, I like, to, I like to think there's a chance I might die when I drive it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so let's talk uh, – let's talk uh cheap project big blocks what do you guys got going on now i said i've said it i'm never doing another challenge again it's probably yeah. a lie but for right now i'm sitting this one out and i'm gonna watch what happens so tell yeah. us about this new challenge johnny well we want to keep it low-key i don't want it to be a high pressure challenge but, <laughs> but <laughs> okay johnny <laughs> but so ruben started this and coincidentally I had a 440 in my dad's barn. It's been there like over 30 years. And I was, it's in this spot. The barn is falling apart. He's got drainage going through the place. There's a bunch of sand and soot and dirt and it's hard to move. It was a long block. So I've been disassembling it, trying to make it lighter to get it, get a refrigerator dolly on it to pull it out of there. So I had started that back in November and I've just been going over there every now and then to pull it. So Ruben talked about, we need to do a, 
like a big block 440 motorhome junkyard type build off, you know, where we all build an engine as cheap as possible. And eventually maybe like a different phase, put it in a car, take it to the track and kind of compete with each other, you know? So this, we're throwing ideas out. It's not, nothing is in stone right now. So it's kind of an open canvas, but you know, I, I think the way I envision it is like whoever wants to participate in it and hopefully we'll have several YouTube channels, all kind of building their own engine, maybe like an engine masters or not an engine masters, but you know, that competition, everybody build their own engine and kind of show what they came up with, but we'd have all have our own approach. Right. So maybe somebody builds a really cheap, say phase one starting with short blocks like my plan is to try to build a short block for less than a thousand bucks so it's obviously not going to get any machine work or anything it's kind of taking the the parts that i have and trying to get as much performance out of it for as cheap as possible yeah you know so so one person might build a short block for say 500 bucks i'm not saying you can do it that cheap but maybe you can yeah. Somebody else might spend 2000 bucks, you know? And so all the viewers can kind of watch the different channels and see how everybody's building their engine and they can, you know, uh, if they wanted to build a similar build on a tight budget, you can kind of model your build off of one of the guys or maybe a combination of all of the guys, you know, sort of the thought process. Well, I wish I would have known this. I gave away a 67 440 last weekend to a buddy of mine who helped me rebuild my GTX suspension over the winter. Get it back. Uh, I'm in central Wisconsin. It went to Illinois. But I have another buddy who's got a barn full of them. So I I can get a block. Please, what's what's his name? (laughs) His name's Jim. I thought you were going to say Johnny Mopar. (laughs) John wants to know what the budget cap on this build is. Uh, there is no budget cap. So that's that's kind of the idea is that instead of putting like a price cap where we all have to conform to it, it's really open. And then it, it'll be kind of up to the viewers to decide if, you know, like if Jeremy wants to spend $5,000 on a short block, you know, I mean, it's his prerogative to do it. And who knows, in the end, all our junkyard blocks might blow up on the track and he's the only one there with a fresh engine going down the track and actually you know winning (laughs) you know or succeeding um so that's why it's i i don't think we're gonna have a a very well i don't know maybe that's still out for up for discussion as far as like how do you quantify a win you know but i think i think the first phase would be like who can build a short block the cheapest, you know, but it's kind of up to the viewers to decide who builds it the best. Right. Cause maybe, maybe somebody, I don't know, has some good ideas on how to keep it dirt cheap, you know, and still have a good performing engine, you know, is this limited to big blocks, Johnny, or what, what are we doing here? I, that's the thing. We're still, we're still out in the open. So I would say like, I don't see any reason why we couldn't do small blocks or a few, you know, if you wanted a 
hype up a 273 and a dart or something like that <laughs> and jump into the mix. Like, why not? <laughs> no, I think, I mean, the whole thing is, is we kind of started with the idea of being big blocks, but mm-hmm. what if you, you know, you're on a super tight budget, you wanted a performance build. I mean, I know a lot of Mopar guys, are, there's going to be guys that want to do a big block. There's going to be guys that want to do a small block, you know, it's kind of like a junkyard build off in a way, you know, the engines may not come from a junkyard or maybe yeah. they will, but uh, that's kind of the premise. So go to the junkyard. What can you pluck out of there and build that'll work for your car? Cause like if you're building an A body, I think you're smarter to build a small block for an A body than if you were building say a B body or an E body, I think a big block would be a better build for those cars. Yeah. Just my opinion. But, um, yeah, that's kind of the thought. And if people have ideas, you know, throw some ideas. Yeah, like John's talking about 383. Sure, 383 build. Why not? It's kind of what can you get your hands on for cheap, right? Interesting. Yeah, that's Ooh. getting tough. Yeah, it's getting yeah. tough for sure. Yeah. Hey guys, what's up, Polly? Uh, speaking of big, speaking of big blocks, Polly's got one for sale. If anybody wants to buy a big block from him, you're yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, it's a warranty block with uh, no VIN on it. It's a 440. Mm. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's 69. It's already got uh, some internals in it, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got the crankshaft, the Mopar purple cam. Uh, it's got everything with it all already put together, really. So, is that that one for fifteen hundred? Yeah. I saw that. I thought it was a scam. No, no, it's, it's real. It's right out in my garage. It's for sure. <laughs> you don't find many warranty blocks, especially without a VIN anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're hard to find. You're in Iowa, right? No, I'm Washington, up near Chris. Oh, that's right. Too far. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd like to have somebody local pick it up if I could, but you know, if you're willing to put out the money for the shipping, <laughs> I don't mind putting it on a pallet for you. But there you go. <laughs> Uh, otherwise if i might participate in this johnny mopar's challenge for building a big block i'm like hey i got one already put together <laughs> might as well take a look at it i got two mopar uh two purple cams one of them's big big grind on it and the other one's uh smaller grind i think cool. so johnny what's the competition aspect of it is there a competition aspect of this yeah so i think i think we're going to do this in phases so i think like the first phase might be the short block. Cause I think, you know, obviously we've got YouTube channels and we want to try to draw people into yeah. watching the build and stuff. So, um, my, I'm the first phase I think is short block. How cheap can we build a short block? I think if in, in my case, and I'm not saying anybody else has to do this in the build off, but I'm going to try to build it for a thousand bucks or less, you know, and that's, there's not a lot of new parts that are going to go into an engine to keep it, you know, that cheap. So, you know, um, and I think in that phase, it's like, well, who can build it the cheapest and that guy kind of wins, but I don't know. We might have to throw some other things in there. I'm not sure what, but that's kind of all you can really go off of. Right. Cause it's not going to run as a short block. So then the next phase would be like a long block, Okay, we've already got our short block. <clears throat> How much money can we spend on the top end to finish the motor off? You know, kind of carb to pan, maybe intake to pan or something like that. And do the same thing, like within a certain amount, a certain budget. 
Now, my thought is, because I don't want to get crazy and get complicated and get expensive, <laughs> right? It's the, yeah. whole, the whole point of this is doing mm-hmm. it on the cheap. Sure. But like at some point when we have these engines done and we can drop them into a car, like uh, and it, 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 taking them to the track and running them, but to kind of even the playing field, you know, use those online calculators as far as your, your car weight, you know, the ET, your mile per hour, whatever, all that stuff you punch in and it kind of gives you an idea of what horsepower you're making. Now, obviously, if you have traction issues, that's going to be a detriment because you could be making more horsepower, but it'll look like it's making less because you're spinning coming out of the hole, right? Yeah. But but I think that's all part of the game. It's like, you know, um, it's not a hard, let's take it to the, the dyno and get a horsepower, peak horsepower number out of it. It's a... Let's try to make as much power as we can, as cheap as we can. We'll do the calculations. So if you have a, a heavy car versus somebody that's got a light car, it won't really matter. And your ET, the faster ET is not really going to matter. It's all going to go into a calculation. And then that's going to spit out a horsepower number. And whoever gets that higher horsepower number is going to be the winner of that phase of the build, you know? Mm. And then I think maybe there's a fine a finality to that, you know, maybe phase you take you take into account phase one. So if somebody spends, say, nine hundred dollars, you get I'm making all this up nine points, you know, or, or I don't know, 10 points. You get more points, the less money you spend. You know what I mean? You kind of you kind of accumulate those points and then on the top end, you, you make it same thing as cheap as possible the less money you spend the more points you get the more money you spend the less points you get and then in the end you kind of calculate all the three phases and then it spits out some sort of number you know where you're either a winner or a loser you know so it's not just like you can dominate one particular aspect because you could throw a whole bunch of money on the bottom end the top end and then dominate at the track making the most horsepower but yeah if you're spending a lot of money to do that, there's got to be some detriment to that. You know, you're going to lose points where somebody that's being really, uh, you know, tight on their spending, give them some sort of extra points to make up for the horsepower they're not going to make because they're using junk, you know? So this is actually, you could do a very strategic build with this. Now that I'm yeah. like, there's some different ways you could go about it because somebody could just get a 440, do a basic rebuild on it, and then throw some nitrous. Like, what's the power adder? Like, is there a is there a, a knock on your points if you have to throw a power adder on it? Well, we could if we wanted to do something like that. I mean, Jeremy and I kind of came up with a, a way to um, kind of discourage you. You know, I don't know we, if we can apply that here, but maybe we could. Uh, in the case of the $3,000 challenge that we did, it was like you spent X amount of dollars, and if mm-hmm. you exceeded that, then like the first level of that, you would um, you were uh, handicapped like a tenth on your ET or whatever we came up with. And then if you spent five hundred dollars, it was like a half a second or something like that, right, Jeremy? Yeah. And so, yeah, you could you could do something like that. Um, I guess the premise of this would be something similar to like a, like a dollar per horsepower kind of ratio, right? Like how much yeah. power can you get for the money spent? So anyone can put $10,000 into an engine. 
Yeah, I mean, right. you know, I'm putting ten thousand dollars into a three forty eight years ago now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that would cost today. I know the pistons I have sitting behind me for the four hundred are Johnny's entire budget for a short block. They're about a thousand bucks. Yeah, uh, which is hard to believe. I think I bought them for six hundred three years ago, but you know it's difficult to do it. So getting uh, strategic with uh, the budget aspect, kind of like we did on the three K drag challenge, just a little bit different. This is more engine centric as opposed yeah. to car. Um, yeah, but that's where all the fun comes in. Yeah. Well, the way Johnny, the way you're talking about this, makes me almost want to keep that 440, and what makes me want to participate in this? <laughs> yeah, you could probably just get what you have running and save a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I could actually tear that thing down pretty good, clean it up, and get it probably fired here shortly. Yeah. <laughs> probably got everything where. Yeah, and I, I think you know, because so some of the things we're talking about, like like my budget, a thousand bucks. So I. I had bought the car, I junked it out, I pulled that 440 out back in the 90s, you know, and I paid 500 bucks for it. So it's like, there's half of my budget. If I have to count the sh purchase of the short block, half of my budget is already gone, you know? And I don't, I don't wanna do that. I think most people either have an engine laying around, it could be small block, big block, low deck, raised deck, whatever, but you've got something laying around, it's taking what you have, and applying it. So I think starting off, we're not going to count the initial purchase price of, you know, some short block that you have. So it would be, you know, so whether, and I, and I think you could pick up a short block for between five and a thousand bucks. You know, I've seen four forties for that cheap. Um, but I think it'll be a cleaner start to go with, we're not going to count that. We're just going to count from like, okay, I pulled, this engine that's on the on the uh, you know the engine stand out, and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna make this thing run, you know, kind of starting from there. So uh, from that cost on, you know, you got gaskets. I would assume you would want to put a timing chain and gears into it, unless you got lucky and you just got a really nice one already in the motor. You know, um, some guys might want to go with pistons maybe they can score some pistons on the cheap maybe they're going to go with a fairly aggressive camshaft and kind of like put their money towards the camshaft you know thousand bucks and go quick now granted like i said that's my budget that's not I'm, we're not being held to any number so if somebody else wanted ends up dropping two grand then that's two grand but i think the the people watching the build are gonna like, I think if somebody got completely out of control and was just like, ah, I just dropped my grand into the short block, you know, I, I don't know that people are going to be all that interested in watching that because it's like, well, that's kind of normal. The whole point of this is like, let, how cheap can we build a motor and make it run? And like, not just make it run, but have a lot of fun with it, you know? Oh, I like to refresh. I like to refresh my uh, 383 and my 65 Cornet 500, and that's a survivor car. That's it's definitely it's definitely tired, but uh, yeah. cars apart, ready to go to the body shop. So it'll be a good time to. And it's just, I was just going to tear that down, regasket it, reseal it, make sure it was all good. See, that's, that's a perfect motor. Yeah, that, that's a good point because I think, too, the people, the viewers are at all kinds of different levels because I think there's guys out there that have a car like yours. They're probably going to gravitate to your kind of build because it's like, 
hey, I got the same thing. I have this car that I built 30 years ago or whatever, and it needs a fresh set of rings and bearings and stuff like that and gaskets. You know, they're probably going to go, oh, I'm going to watch how Harold builds his motor, you know, versus somebody else that maybe has a car and they, you know, they don't have a whole lot of money. They want to get as much bang for buck out of a 440 that got plucked out of a, a motor home or, or a C body or something, you know, like mine. And it's like, Hey, let's see what this thing does. And if it looks like it's going to give the performance, I think it will, maybe they'll build that kind of motor or maybe, you know, maybe they're like, Hey, I wonder what it would do if it had turbos on it. And then, you know, watch Jeremy's build, you know, I mean, I, I'm just making that up, but, <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think all of us, he, I don't want to, I don't want to restrict us in any way. Like I kind of want us all to build the motor we want to build, you know, and I think there's going to be a variety between all of us. Like, I think we're all going to approach this so differently that it's going to be really interesting to watch. You know, it's going to be like, well, what did this guy do? He's going in this direction. This guy's going in that direction, you know? Um, And as far as the nitrous or turbos or anything like that, like, I don't know. I, you know, that's obviously a huge power adder to the whole thing. Um, But maybe we can, subtract points for it or something if you decided you wanted to do that um but you know on the flip side it it would be kind of interesting you know because i i think from the viewer standpoint watching this and maybe that's stage four you know maybe we go out there with na motors to start with and see where they play out and then maybe stage Stage four is like, all right, we all throw power adders on it. And maybe all of us put nitrous on it. Maybe some of us put turbo. Maybe some of us puts a blower on it. You know, who knows? I don't know. Be kind of interesting. Yeah. Not, <laughs> I told myself I wouldn't get sucked into this. But, uh, <laughs> say, what do we got to do to get? already? He's like, wait a minute. Paul's got a motor. <laughs> well, well, no, I got, I got this $400 5.7 Hemi. And I think it would only be fair to have the Gen 3 play. Because, Perfect. You know there you go. I mean? And yeah, uh, yeah. I had to tear it apart because the guy I got it from was like, "Yeah, he's like a backyard mechanic," and he said that um, it uh, was knocking. And I'm like, "Knocking like a rod knock?" And he said it was from the head. And he said that he put new heads on it, and it still had a. He changed his verbiage. He went from a knock to a tick, and I was like, "I wonder if it's got the hemi tick." But he put new heads on it. I haven't opened it up yet. I bought it for 400 bucks. I was like, I'll use that at some point. And I've got this dart, and I really want to put the Gen 3 in the dart. And now I'm thinking, oh, give me a good excuse to tear it apart and see what's going on inside it. Well, you see, that's what I like. That's that's kind of what I'm after is, like, I, yeah. I don't want to restrict us in any way. I don't want to say it's all 440s, mm-hmm. you know, or it's it's all a thousand bucks or five thousand bucks or whatever dollar amounts like the reality is is that the mopar world is made up of all kinds of different you know genres perspectives cars like there's going to be a body guys out there b body e body truck guys van guys whatever you know there's going to be guys that are into big blocks guys in the small blocks and guys into the the modern hemis the gen threes you know so like if you could get into it with bringing a Gen three to the table, uh-huh. like you're you're gonna be providing something for a whole slice of the Mopar world out there. That you know, there's a big slice of people that like that kind of thing. You know, yeah. 
And if we all part, too, you can build the engine while still enjoying the car. With oh yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. right, yeah, hundred percent. If it goes south, you could you could sell the engine. Hey, you just rebuilt the engine, right? Make a little bit of money on the deal too in the process. Or you and, could throw it in the dart and you get to feel the thrills, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think too, it's like I said, I don't want to put any kind of restrictions on this. I mean, I we want to do something to kind of have us to make it there, like there's some common ground between all of us. But you know, I really want everybody to build what they want to build. Like I, you know, because I when I was doing this engine, I was starting off like thinking like I'm gonna, you know, maybe I'll build it this way. And then I thought to myself, it's like nah. Like I want to build this engine how I want to build it. Like if I'm, I want to be proud of it when I drop it in my car. Yeah. I want to be proud of it and I want to keep it. You know, I want it to be exactly what I want so much so that I have no, you know, inklings of like, eh, that's not how I wanted to build the motor. So I'm just going to get rid. I just did it to, you know, do this little build off between the guys, you know, but, you know, I really didn't want it to be this way. Now I want you to build your the motor you want so that you're so proud of it. It's like that's my that's my engine. It's wherever you land it, whatever vehicle you put it in, you're happy with it, you're yeah. proud of it, and you enjoy it. And it's like it did it this whole exercise isn't like taking you off of course, you know, what you're gonna normally do in your life. It's just kind of like pulling it all in for all of us all at the same time, you know? And yeah. kind of collaborating together and competing with each other to some level you know when i think when i think about a build like that there's two there's two sides of it that i think are super important and i think everybody could probably agree on this and it's horsepower per dollar you know what okay. i mean like i like it you know can you uh, maybe somebody can build a 600 horsepower big block for a thousand bucks if they're really creative um I'm starting off with a $400 Hemi that came out of a 2012 Ram. And from the factory, they're like 390 horsepower or something like that. And a little bit over 400. Um, so I'm like, uh, horsepower per dollar. That would be an interesting at the very end. Like, all right, so how much did you spend and how much horsepower do you actually have? Uh, yeah. That would be, that would be an interesting. Cause like, I think everybody builds an engine like, all right, how much power can I make for, you know how much money because like that you know you can build a hundred thousand dollar motor and have a three thousand horsepower you know <laughs> yeah oh, this is this is this is interesting i was trying to stay out of it johnny and now i'm like this is, <laughs> there's some potential here to be fun like yeah it. and i think i think too it's gonna be because you know I, i'll tell you i'll tell you I'll spill the beans a little bit on my 440 it's got some issues like okay. there, there's some problems with it. And I think all of us are going to, we're going to have our own problems, but I think that's, that's good for the guys watching the channel. Cause that's the reality is the reality is, is that you can, you're not going to go to a junkyard, pluck a four, uh, any engine out, bring it home. And it's just going to be perfect. You know, yeah. you might get lucky, yeah. but there's a good chance that there's problems. So like, your Hemi that's got the the tip the yeah. ticking or the tapping yeah. or whatever, you might yeah. open that thing up and find it's got problems. Yeah. <laughs> and that you're gonna you're gonna have some costs associated with it, yeah. which is gonna be a detriment to your build. But you know, I think that's what people should see, and I hope that's what they want to see is that's real shit. That's the real world stuff. It's not yeah. 
you know, like these high dollar builds where, you know, these guys got deep pockets and they could just build some thousand horsepower engine, you know, throw all kinds of money at it and they get it machined. And, you know, when it comes out of the machine shop, it's a brand new freaking motor, you know, and yeah. you're not going to have problems or you shouldn't have problems. But if we're building real life budget minded engines, they're going to have problems and we're going to have to figure out those problems and we're going to have to decide, you know, do we let that little thing that's not too good with the engine slide and let's see what happens? Or do we, you know, do we jump, dump more money into this thing? You know? Yeah. Um, this is very interesting. I like the, yeah. I like the premise of this because it really is. It's, you know, when you have, let's say you have five channels that participate, you have five different engine builds, and somebody yeah. would like to, okay, well, what? Watching all five channels, you see, okay, well, maybe my goal is 600 horsepower. And you see that Johnny builds a 400 or a, a 440, you know, that has 600 horsepower and he does it for 2,500 bucks. <laughs> and then you've got Chris that pulls apart this $400 Hemi, finds out it's got all sorts of fucking problems. He's got to buy new heads and all this shit. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, there's a lot of ways this could go in a variety, like, over a variety of different channels with a variety of different engines with a variety of different methods yes. to the build. I, this is really interesting. I like this. Yeah. Cause hmm. like even, you know, Jeremy's got a, a low deck 400 and he's already got quite a bit of money shelled out on it, but I, I think it would be cool to build it because you might be at one end of the spectrum of like, kind of like, well, cause you can make this argument, right? Let's just say, my running engine done the long block is it cost me 3500 bucks right but it's so bad it doesn't make any power maybe it throws a rod you know it's like it could go it, this whole thing could go sideways on any of us especially the guys pushing the budget way down low right mm. compared to say like a build like Jeremy's engine where he's gone through it he's machined it he's put brand new pistons in it he's you know he did it right. Maybe he dropped 10 grand into the whole motor, but maybe that's the answer. You know, maybe when you watch this whole build series between all of us, it's like, yeah, that junkyard build was probably a bad idea. We probably should dump the money into it and, you know, get it machined, put new parts into it, blah, blah, blah. Or at least find a, like a happy medium there somewhere. Well, and that's it too, because I think people are going to pull a little bit from everybody's build. Like, like, and Chris, like your pro your issues, I think, are going to be more about like, ah, uh, shit, I got to buy special headers to get this to adapt to my old school car, or yeah. how do I get this fuel injection to work? Like, like once you start going through all of that stuff, I think people are some people are going to go, no big deal. Mm -hmm. I'm happy because the end result was worth it. Yeah, people are gonna go. I don't want that kind of complexity. Like, I don't want those problems. <laughs> I'd rather just buy something that bolts in and fits. You know, maybe yeah. or I'll take. I'll stick with a three eighteen that cost me a hundred bucks. You know, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's gonna be enough variety going around. That's that's what I like. I, I think everybody's got a different personality, and I think we're all gonna bring something different to the table. And I think we all have our ideas of what, um what we think is going to give us the most bang for buck. And we might be right on some might be wrong on others, or somebody might have a better idea than the rest of us, you know? Well, I can tell you already, <laughs> I've had this Hemi for a while and I, I can't help, but be very curious about turbochargers or a large turbocharger. 
and anybody who watches any of those shows on YouTube, um, there's been a couple junkyard turbo builds on these Hemis, and you can, <laughs> I mean, for three thousand dollars, you can build a four-digit horsepower Hemi. Now, yeah. how reliable it's going to be <laughs> this is a different yeah. story because most of them, uh, if they just throw them together, you know, without you know, forged a forged rotating assembly. Um, they start to let loose at about a thousand horsepower. But if you were just to do a drop, like I wonder how much power could be if you turbocharged a 5.7 Hemi and left, a left it, um, the same cubic inch, but you dropped a forged rotating assembly in it. And then you went <laughs> for me, I'm going to be a cheap ass and go, well, maybe I can go, with one of those eBay GT45 turbos and just crank the boost. Yeah. As long as it as long as the bottom end can hold up, you know. Yeah. You invest in the hardware, the good head gaskets and uh the forged rotating assembly and from everybody that uh I've been doing research on that they're like they're just as good if not better than LSs, they're just more expensive. Yeah. But turbochargers are the are the great equalizer. Yeah. Um, well, and I think I think it's interesting to know, like, I, I don't really have any interest in building a third gen Hemi. Yeah. But I would love to see you build one, you know, <laughs> you build one and see what happens. Yeah. You know? oh, it's going to blow up. It's going to blow up. I promise <laughs> well, you that. <laughs> I mean, I think that's part of the story, right? That's yeah. part of the excitement is I think, yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't want this to be like, you know, we all we all win in the end. Like I, I think we're gonna have some losers in this thing where it's gonna be, and it might be me, it might be my motor. You know, where things go so sideways. Yeah. But I think that's good. I don't. I don't. It is what it is, and it's real. And I think even if we have some failures or we have some turbos that blow that third gen to the moon, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, now we know. Now we know you, you're probably going to come out of that and go, I should have did this instead. I should have did that instead. Maybe a smaller turbo or, or better internals or whatever, you know, and we're all going to learn from it, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Part of this is uh, that's really turning me on is going, could I make a, a dart, a cheap dart with a basically a junkyard Hemi turbocharged and for, one tenth of the price of one of these new super stock challengers or these demons. Can I get the same amount of power and at least hang with one, you know, in the quarter mile, that would be very interesting. I'm sure that it's been done before, but for a guy like me, who's like, I can't afford a hundred thousand dollar car to go out there and run nine second quarter miles or low tens. Yeah. But could I build a dart for 10,000 or less total? Right. (laughs) that could at least hang with one for one pass before it blows its guts out. <laughs> like, you got to keep the seven and a quarter though. Yeah. That's the <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> the engine may hold up. <laughs> well, you see it, it, what the beauty of this too is, you know, I'm not, I'm not asking you to go buy some engine or go somewhere to get some junkyard motor. You already have it. You know, and you've already got plans and ideas for it. It's like it all it is is I mean, I'm sure it was on a back burner for you, you know, like a lot of these in I mean shit, oh, dude. Yeah. My four forty sat for over thirty years in a barn that's falling apart now, you know. It's like but 
it's taking something you've already got that you can use. It's you're not building this and like, ah, oh, the end, I don't have any purpose for this stupid engine. It's like, yeah. no, I'm going to use this engine. It's going into a car happy with it. You know what I mean? And you've got a, you got a car, you got a car yeah. for that motor. You've already got this dream or plan, yeah. you know, and you're, it's, it's, I could see it coming together right here right now turbocharged hemi dart <laughs> you know yeah. well it's it's funny because i've been looking for an excuse because i've had the engine for a couple of years now mm-hmm. and i look at it and i go that's ah, a project for another time but this gives me an excuse like all right dickhead get in there and <laughs> open it up and see what it's all about because this has been yeah. sitting there there's no i have no excuse other than well i don't have time to get in yeah. there and see what it's all about so maybe i'll do that and i honestly I, i've been slacking on youtube and i need to get some content so yeah this might be this might be good well, here's, another, here's another thing, too, is I think, you know, I think that we'll have eno- loose enough rules and, and yeah. direction that you can everything's open to change. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like, so like I I might decide I was I was already thinking going in going in one direction on the motor and I've already shifted that. You know, it's like, nah, I think I'm going to go a little bit more this way. Not anything major, but mm-hmm. um it's enough that it's like, I think you're, I don't want it to be like, Hey, here's our first video. This is how we're going to build the engine. Now we're stuck doing it that way. It's like, no, I think it's loose enough that you get three videos in and you decide I want to go a completely different direction, you know? And uh, like in, in your case, if we do have this say four phases and stuff, um, maybe you build that engine and by then you might have a D 100 and you might not put it in the dart. You were planning on putting it in the dart. Maybe it goes into a D 100, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) let's, that's life. Yeah. Let's let's keep it real. I know. I know where this is going to lead. This is going to lead to me (laughs) nine months from now going, why the fuck did I get involved in another (laughs) challenge? Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> because you know you want to, Chris. You're glutton for punishment. I'm gonna end up I'm gonna end up hating Johnny as much as I hate Mike Coffee right now. <laughs> uh, I can't help but think of it like, wow, Mike Mike won that one because now I'm selling the car that I was gonna take to that thing and I had to buy a four thousand dollar dart to t- <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Mike. You cost me a lot of fucking money. Awesome. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's funny. Um, I don't. Yeah, really and I, I think if there's viewers out there too, they can follow. Like, if if there's guys out there that have an engine in the corner of their garage and they like the idea of this build up and all of us doing this build, hmm. they could jump in on their own and and build along. You know what I mean? And maybe pull from each one of us some ideas that help them decide how they want to build their engine. You know, so this is interesting. Might be a good motivator. Yeah. You have to might name. Good, you have to I was name say, it might be a good, uh, good idea to call my dad and see if he can't help me out. This will be my there first time rebuilding a motor, and yeah. he used to build race motors for the peep guys down in California for Riverside. So, oh shit! Oh. That, I mean, I got some help. I can oh. call him up. And- <laughs> no. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> well, what you need to do, Johnny, is you need to come up with a, a creative name for this thing because. You're gonna have to use the uh, a hashtag to get a bunch of people involved in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What kind of time frame are we looking at? <laughs> three, 
Three uh, years. I need three years. <laughs> I think, Chris, I think you're on to something where that three years. What about next Matt's one year? Yeah. Fuck, I think Jeremy. it'd be cool. I mean, I, I was kind of thinking. doable, right? I mean, three right. months. Or, three months or, or duct tape, you know, which is towards the end of the year. Piss it's off, like Johnny. Piss off. Away. <laughs> <laughs> not, not this duct tape. That's too soon. Oh, the next duct no, tape. The next, the next okay, one. now you're talking sanity. Okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah. wow. Um, he says, Matt, you say duct tape. Johnny, yeah. I'm, I'm hating you more by the minute. <laughs> uh, I'm oh. saying duct tape has a backup plan. You know, I mean, it, who knows? Maybe some of us get a car done by Matt's. And if it doesn't happen for all of us, we fall back on duct tape. This I seems like you, a build for duct tape, dude. This seems like a build for duct tape. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, too. It's a junkyard build. I I can't remember what I said. I told Ruben something, and I, I liked it. What was it? The the junkyard tight wads or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. What's nice about it is building an engine, well, obviously, it takes a lot of time and a lot of uh, investigation and meticulous work. It's not as time consuming time demanding is a full car or yeah for an actual drag race up the get go so yeah. like like i've got another project that's ahead of this one yeah. like the barracuda is getting the viper v10 like i put it in i'm pushing heavy this year but i've had that 400 for three almost four years now um waiting to build it i'm going really strange with it like a lot of people would ask me why the hell i want to do this but yeah i've got, a, I've got an idea and it's stuck in my head so i want to try it yeah um but uh, I could build that on the side, or when I get a little bit tired of the Barracuda, I could jump on the 400. It doesn't take as much time. Yeah. So like, I think having a year or even a little bit longer to do the full stage four or stage three, at least, uh, get the engine running to where we have dyno numbers, uh, I think that's pretty doable. Yeah. I mean, we did that in three months with building the car for the drag challenge, and we got it done. Yeah. So uh, a year would definitely allow us to take our time with it. Now, is there is there a stipulation that we have to break these down to the bare blocks? No. Okay. No, no. It's it's literally like if you like Polly, if he pulled that four forty out and he just fired it up, you know, he's he's probably gonna have leaking valve cover gaskets or something, right? So he's he's into his whole budget like thirty dollars in valve yeah. cover gaskets. And, you know, so. There's gonna be yeah. a lot of integrity involved in this challenge. Yeah, yeah. It's we're gonna it's gonna be honest. Mike Coffee is definitely not invited. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's more about I think all of us kind of going through the same lens and taking our personalities and creating our own stories around our own engines, you know? So I think that, you know, if, if a guy's just taking an engine and he's just putting gaskets on it and getting it running, you know, I think there's people that are going to want to gravitate to that. Cause I think there's, I, I think the audience is going to be the full spectrum, you know? So you're going to have guys that's just going to get gaskets some guys are going to go, uh, you know, I'm going to put bearings in my engine, re-ring it, or whatever. There's going to be guys that go, I'm going to put high compression pistons in it to get more power, you know, which is going to be a little more money. There's going to be guys that are going to be like, I'm not screwing around with junkyard crap. I'm going to take it to the machine shop, get a line bore, get the deck squared, you know, 
all that kind of stuff. So I think between all of us, you know, you know, I don't, who knows where it's going to fall. I don't know that we'll fill in all of those slots, but I think between all of us, we're going to have some pretty good variety out there and all of us kind of doing it together at the same time. And, you know, through, like I said, through that same lens, I think it's going to be kind of fun and exciting. Yeah, no, 100%. Let me be clear. Uh, there will be corners cut on my build. So if you want to see destruction, <laughs> yeah. you know, you see some destruction. Because I'm seriously thinking, if I, if I take the internals of this engine seriously and, you know, I get the right hardware, um, I, ideally, if anything gives way, I would hope it would be the eBay turbo that I buy for 200 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, let that go to the moon. <laughs> but, yeah. uh Hopefully the engine survives. <laughs> um, I have to do some more research though, because I know that I know that people have done the junkyard turbo Hemi's before, and they they're always limited. Um, but it's usually it usually has to do with the engine itself, and not necessarily like you'd be surprised with these junkyard or the, I keep calling them junkyard, but these eBay turbo kits can put out, but they eventually give up. I mean, they're not reliable at all. Right. But uh, the fact that I've seen them get virtually stock 5.7 Hemis into four-digit horsepower just by cranking up the boost. Now, they're not going to live <laughs> long at that, but uh, it sure would yeah, be it sure would be fun to see. That ring yeah, yeah. 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 The compression wing. There's not yeah. too much space between the first ring, yeah. the tower piston, so you yeah. just boost. It pops yeah, they, top. No. Yeah. I, thankfully, I know enough people. I'll be talking to Chris Thompson. He knows He knows about turbos. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, this is going to be interesting. I got to I got to do some more research, but uh, huh. I'm just yeah. going to build a reliable big block. There you go. Hey, <laughs> and that's why you win, Harold, and I lose. That's why <laughs> I always overcomplicate shit. Everybody knows me, and I'll probably end up selling it. <laughs> and then people will talk shit. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll just keep you mad, and it'll get make get you buy another one. <laughs> Honestly, I really like the idea of turbocharging a Hemi. Ever since I started seeing people that were trying to uh, bring the Hemis into the game um, to start competing with LSs, they're still not competing with them as far as price goes. But um, I think I think there's something here. How? How yeah. can I get four digit? Like my goal, honestly, is to at least get one dyno pull with four digit horsepower. That would be, uh, and I know it's possible to do cheap, but not reliable. Now the question is, is what, what can I do as minimum as possible? Like the minimal to make it just reliable enough. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm going to regret yeah. this in nine months. I'm going to regret <laughs> the fuck out of this in nine months, but <laughs> Well, and that's something else too. If you wanted to dyno your motor, like nothing stopping you from doing it. I don't think you know. It, if we if we still did the track dyno, where you put it in a car and ran it down the track, like if you got five hundred or in your case you got a thousand horsepower on the dyno, but you get it to the track and it's just lighting the tires and stuff. You're oh, you'd have to turn it down. Yeah, you, that's you, just you, bragging numbers on a dyno. That's it. That's, <laughs> exactly. You have to turn it down to five hundred. Yeah. Uh, cause then it becomes, see that I like the idea of this build because I'm like, well, I have the car, so I don't have to build a car. Yeah. You know, yeah. people put engines in junkyard shit all the time and that I have junkyard shit in the driveway. I just exactly. need to get the drivetrain for it. Yeah. Um, 
fuck, there's a huge SWAT meet tomorrow, too. So now I'm all fucking excited. Now I get to go blow a bunch of money that I didn't need to spend in the first place because I did a podcast at 11 o'clock at night with my friend. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Hey, by the way, Terry's in there. T's Good Times Garage. Yeah. Check him out. He's He's got a killer dart. Um, but he's in this build, too. So... Well, I've already lost, so it's all good. I'm just in it for fun. <laughs> I want a participation trophy, damn it. Huh. <laughs> uh, yes. At least get a participation sticker or something. <laughs> <laughs> we should uh, probably get some t-shirts made. That's like yeah. always the go-to. <laughs> get t-shirts. Tight wad build off. Tight wad build off. I don't know. Maybe we put some valve covers. I build my shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we could put some valve covers up. Maybe you're not going to get a nice Moroso again, though. It's going to be like (laughs) probably a three (laughs) eighteen. I just found some Mickey Thompson four forty valve covers. (laughs) My garage. I forgot I had them. (laughs) There you go. You gonna, put, you gonna put those up to bet? You gonna Andy Annie those up? I don't know yet. I don't know what I'm doing with them. Now that I'm thinking about keeping this 440, I might throw them on there. They match the engine. <laughs> already paid for, right? So it's already paid for. Exactly. I know a lot of people have had a success with small block turbo builds. However, I know that that 273 would let loose with the two pounds of boost. It would just blow its guts out. <laughs> so I'm not even going to go that route. Uh, I do like the Hemi. The idea was to put the Hemi in this dart, but uh, now I kind of have a reason to look a little bit closer into that. Hmm. I need a... Uh, yeah. Damn it. Fuck. Man, I mean, when we, get to, <laughs> when we get to phase four, how cool would it be? We're at duct tape drags, you know. I, I mean, Jeremy's probably going to bring the uh, the Viper Barracuda, but the rest of us. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's this year. this year. So you can have a shit box for next year, like a shit yeah. box B-body. You'll have your shit box dart. I'll, I haven't really announced what I'm going to, what I'm thinking of putting this engine in. Um, I'll just spill the beans. That's that black '69 Charger. I want to put this this motor in that. You have a black '69 Charger? Yeah, it's a total. All right, this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Johnny, this fucking this guy. Yeah, this what car, else you got? It's a junky car. It's I junky. still forget that you got the nice coronet. I always forget about that one yeah. too. <sighs> yeah, it's a nice car, but. I don't know. I like the shit boxes more, man. It's <laughs> says the guy with the 69 charge, you know, <laughs> it's a shit box though. So, <laughs> but Ruben, Ruben will have his road runner there. Right. Yeah. Tall John might have his little red express. Uh, <laughs> you started this shit, Johnny. You started it. It's all Johnny's fault. <laughs> You'll be thanking me when your shit box is at duct tape and you're having a good time. Well, I'm gonna have to budget because I really now I now I have a little goal of getting the dart to not just mats but duct tape too. That would be fun. Maybe not this duct tape, Correct. but uh, I think I have enough time to yeah. Because I'm not building a car. <laughs> I'm just building an engine. 
yeah. and a drivetrain. And like, uh, <laughs> this is going to add up quick, Johnny. Damn it. Thanks, John. Hey, if you're looking for an axle, hit up those junkyards now. Or explore 8.8s. <laughs> I, actually, I actually found an A-body 8 and 3 quarter um, for, 500, for 500 bucks. And uh, I need to go get it, but it's kind of, it's a little bit away. And I really need to sell this Roadrunner because there's a couple things I really want to buy right now. Um, one of them's a van. I found a van and I really want it. Uh, I could probably work the deal right now, but I, there's a swap meet tomorrow and I don't want to blow my entire wad on, <laughs> on a van right now. But now Johnny throws this project in the mix and I'm like, okay, well, let's see here. How much do I need to invest in this? <laughs> Oh, you act, you act like I dropped the Hemi off in your garage and said build this. It was already you did <laughs> you did. <laughs> Shit. Are you getting any offers on that Roadrunner? Yeah. Um. So I've probably had about twenty people reach out to me, give or take. Um. Five of them seemed serious. Three of them dropped out. So I have two allegedly serious buyers right now one of them is going to come look at the car tomorrow uh the other one uh, i don't i don't know how serious he is he sounds like a, a young kid that just has a lot of money to blow maybe he owns his own business or something but uh last time i talked to him earlier this week he said uh i'm clearing out my garage right now i'm like relax bro you sound like me you haven't even checked out the car yet <laughs> relax uh, but this other guy the the one with potential he owns um, he owns some sort of a business, but he's got a collection of vehicles, and those guys I like because they have money to blow. <laughs> so he might see this thing and be like, "Oh yeah, this is perfect. I don't have to worry about paint and bodywork. I can just throw it together. It's got an engine in it. Shit. Maybe he wants something just to tinker with, like a Lego project. So he's gonna get one for twenty five thousand dollars, hopefully, because that's what I want for it. I'm not gonna. You know, King Lowballers like I'm not taking any less. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I I can't I can't I need as much money as possible because uh, I want a little Red Express and I don't want to blow all twenty five grand on a really nice one. I want to blow hopefully half of that on one that uh, is ratty but solid because um, I just like red. After having this car in my garage, um, beautiful paint. I was just talking to John in the chat about this earlier on a phone call. Uh, I don't like it as much as I like the Dart. I, it sounds fucking nuts. I don't like that car as much as I like the Dart. I feel anxiety when I'm around it. I did. There's something about a shiny car that, like, if I had five junkers, like, it'd be nice to have one nice one, right? Yeah. But this one in my garage, I just, it just doesn't. I like to be able to lean on my car. You know what I mean? I like to be able to jump on it, sit on it, drink a beer. Uh, and this this Roadrunner, there's a lot of factors into my now hate for it. I need it gone. <laughs> I need it gone. Cool car. It's going to be a bitchin' fucking car when it's done. Yeah, it's I'll tell you that. Right, man. It is going to be a bitchin' car. It ain't going to be my bitchin' car. Um, it, w it, it was fun to say I owned it. <laughs> I guess for a minute, <laughs> but I mean, everybody saw this shit coming. I, I was thinking about that when I finally made the decision because I realized as soon as I decided, yeah, I'm going to put this thing up for sale. I felt a weight lift up off my shoulders and I was like, oh man, that feels good. Shit. <laughs> and then I realized that that car is the reason why I needed to take a break from the podcast and I needed just to separate myself from the shit. I realized it was that car that was doing it to me because I took such a fucking hit with it with the kid and 
with the Matt's challenge. I took two hits and I was just like, man, I'm done. I'm over the shit right now. <laughs> I really am. And uh, once was it a week ago or two weeks ago, once I decided for sure that the car is going to go on its way because I had, it's okay when your friends talk shit, but when your wife says, I just want to see you finish something, <laughs> Ouch. then you go, wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. All Blow right. The belt. <laughs> and then when you got your three-year-old going, daddy, when are we going to drive the Roadrunner? And I have to look at her and go, never, ever. It's going bye-bye. <laughs> I hope you like that piece of shit dart in the driveway. <laughs> you thought you were getting the Roadrunner when you were 16. Nope. Not happening. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm the, like I said, the car's a bitching car. And I'm sure if I see it done someday, I'm going to be like, I should have fucking kept that. Fuck. I'm going to see it roll across the auction block for 60 grand. And I'm going to go, damn it. Damn it. But um, I, I already. Uh, that express, man. Every time you fill that bad boy up with the pump, some kid's going to see those stacks coming up behind the cabin. Whoa, what is that? Well, <laughs> you put it in the original. I'm a dork and I like I like lowered trucks. So I've been photoshopping a lot of uh, every little red express that I've been considering. Um, they range in prices from uh, ten thousand up to. There's one that a, the guy wanted twenty eight thousand for, and this thing's beautiful. It's a seventy eight. The thing is solid. It's original Survivor. Um, he said he'd take twenty five for it. And I'm like, blow my whole. And it's in Colorado. So I'm like, blow my whole wad on this beautiful little Red Express. And it's the 78, which I do like a little bit more. Now, beggars can't be choosy, and I'm a beggar. So I'll take whatever little Red Express lands my way as long as it fits within my criteria. Um, but uh, I found one in Oklahoma. Oh, I better not fucking talk about it. I'm gonna fucking, somebody's <laughs> going to buy it out from me. I found one somewhere in the country that nobody knows about because it's not for sale. <laughs> and... Uh, Short of begging the guy not to put it up for sale, I was like, all right, let me just sell this Roadrunner. But I can't. I could probably fire sale the Roadrunner and go buy that little Red Express, but I'm not willing to take that much of a loss because I'm a cheap ass and I need this money now for a Hemi build that I have no part and I have no business being in this build. And here I am. Here I am once again. But um, I need to sell that Roadrunner and... Uh, get a little red express. That's the goal. I will be happy. And that will make me feel that'll take, and I've said this before, it'll take uh, the sting away from the Mr. Norm truck. Cause I'm really bitter right now. Like I tried to play it off. Like I wasn't, I'm bitter as fuck, dude. <laughs> I'm bitter. I should have never got rid of that truck. Should have never done it, but you know, what's done is done and I need to move on. And the only thing that'll kill that pain is a little red express slammed to the ground with uh that's another thing that's going to like talk about Mopar purists. You get in the little red community. Those guys, some of those guys don't fuck around. Like you do anything outside of restoring it and you are bastardizing it. So if you're listening to this podcast now and you are a little red express enthusiast, go ahead and uh, go ahead and X out, hit that little X in the corner and never come to this channel again. Cause you're about to see me <laughs> do what I want to do to a little red express, not what you want to do to one. So, desecrate huh. it watch you desecrate it <laughs> it's your build chris you can do what you want i know isn't that great <laughs> i just no. i can't wait to hear this shit talk. like you got rid of that beautiful roadrunner for that piece of shit yes <laughs> yes it I'm makes me happy, happy. <laughs> happy yeah. yeah um yeah uh i just want to get back to being motivated again because like i said that roadrunner really killed my spirit there for a minute 
And uh, I realized it was having a big effect on everything I was doing. I was like, wow, it's the car. It's that car for multiple. So thanks, Mike Coffee, once again. I'll never forget. It was Wednesday at 9 a.m. when he said, hey, you're going to have that thing ready for mats. I'll never forget that now. <laughs> you ruined my life. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, this is going to be fun. I like this. I like it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it where's, where's duct tape held? Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, somewhere Tucson. in the desert. <laughs> That's a hike from me. Wow. I like Tucson. <laughs> yeah. Where are you at, Harold? Central here? Wisconsin. Okay. Right here in the glorious Rust Belt. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is, a tra- that is a trek. It's a trek for me, too. So it doesn't matter. I go, I I like to travel. Just all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know it, it's far for a lot of people, but I tell you, I, I don't know. All right. Maybe. Who's responsible for this noise? That was I, coming. I from like me. it. I like it. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but somebody was jumping on it. Somebody just took one of Johnny's cars. He doesn't even know it. He's on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there goes one charger. Now you only there got thirteen. One. Now you only got thirteen left. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't tell you that was the charger he got for two hundred bucks back in the day. <laughs> yeah, no, Johnny's like no big deal. I only paid two hundred for it. <laughs> oh man, the thing I like about duct tape is, uh, compared to everywhere else I've flown in the country, I think I got to duct tape. Because uh, some people were criticizing me for not going to No Name Nationals, but going to duct tape. But I was like, you have to understand the difference in tickets. It cost me two hundred bucks round trip to go to Arizona. <laughs> That to me was like, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so uh, I looked up tickets recently and they were like 183 bucks round trip. I was like, you got to be shitting me. Fuck, going to duct tape again. Fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I like that event. I really. Carry on or what? Is the Hemi going to be a carry on or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think you can check it. If I have, if I have an, I'll just pretend I'm pregnant with a fucking Hemi. <laughs> I got a buddy who'll throw it on a flight for you. That'll be fine. <laughs> it's okay. It identifies as a purse. Here you go. Put that in the <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that changes things. If I have to bring the car down, that's going to cost a lot of money. That Vegas trip, like it was all fun and games. That was not cheap to drive and tow. <laughs> Fucking yeah. dart down there. Good lord. I also learned I need airbags for the back of my truck just to lift it up because it God, that thing's Cal hey Johnny, yeah. the roads in your state suck. I know. I had to call Mike. I was like, hey dude, what's up with these fucking roads? And the, it's like fifty five miles an hour for trailers. What the fuck is yeah. that? <laughs> I was like, I looked at my dad and I was like, Do you think this shit is serious? Are they serious right now? I'm getting my blows my doors blown off. And uh I learned about the app ways. Coffee told me about ways because I was like, yeah. dude, is it really 55 through here with the trailer? And he goes, yeah, I did 90. Do you have ways? <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> and I get on there and I'm for 17 hours. I'm watching cops on ways and I'm yeah. like feeling like I'm like cheating the system. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Ways yeah. is awesome. You got to get it. I'm riding in the right lane. And like I said, your roads like right into the Bakersfield area. I must have hit 30 different potholes in the fucking freeway that I thought my I thought my car was going to go off the trailer. I thought I blew a tire. They are so awful. I was like, damn, California, get your shit together. It yeah. was, it was, aw- I thought Washington was bad. California is way worse. It's my bad. God. 
You should drive up my street. It is horrible here. Is it? Wildemar's got to be the worst in all of California. I, I was flabbergasted at some of the shit I was seeing on the freeway, and uh, there's nothing I can do. You know, people are next to me. I'm like, oh, we're going to hit that at 70. Bam! Yeah. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then on the speed thing, there was, um, I went up to buy a Dodge Dart long, long, long time ago up in Sacramento. So it was Northern California. I think I went up the five, and uh, I was this big, long stretch of nothing forever, you know, and I was doing like 65 or so. CHP pulls me over, and he goes, you know, I, I pulled you over, and I'm like, no. It might have been 70 because I think, you know, if you're not pulling a trailer, it's 70 miles an hour, and I didn't realize it at that time. <laughs> 55 pulling a trailer, and it's an open trailer, and it's empty because I'm on my way up. He pulls me over and uh, he goes, he goes, yeah, I pulled you over because you're you're exceeding the speed limit. Speed limit's 55 pulling a trailer. And I'm like, the trailer's empty. It's not even, there's nothing on it. And he goes, doesn't matter. Trailer, 55 miles an hour. And I'm like, oh, he let me go. But going from 70 miles an hour down to 55 miles an hour. And oh, yeah. it's a long stretch where yeah. he's sitting back there, you know, after he <laughs> let me go, it's like, I can't go any faster than yeah. 55. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. I'll tell you once I got the app on my phone, cause I'm downloading the app while I'm driving and I finally get it on and I see the first couple cops. I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Going from 55 to 70. I, yeah. It felt like I was going 120. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. um, until I started hitting potholes. And then I was like, oh, okay, yeah. maybe that's why it's 55. This is ridiculous. So, but, by uh, the way, the Waze app, basically, people report shit as they're driving down the road. Yeah. So, if you see a car broke down, they'll report there's a car broke down right here. And if there's a cop right here, they report there's a cop right here. So, yeah. you have like a 90, 90% chance that everything you see, if you don't see a cop on the Waze app, like yeah. up ahead of you, you can fly and yeah. you're probably not going to get pulled over and get a ticket. Yeah. And as soon as you see the cop, yeah, you just throttle down. Well, the app started messing with my head a little bit because I was getting overconfident uh-huh. and it would like show a cop like a head and then uh-huh. I would slow down and you'd be gone. I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. And I'd start hauling ass again. And then I'd start getting in my own head like, oh, well, where did he go? Yeah. Is he at the next exit? Like, did the did the guy who reported him the last time see him again and go, ah, fuck it. They can deal with it. (laughs) So I did get paranoid a couple times, but um pretty reliable. I use both Waze and a Escort Max 360. Yeah. It's not foolproof, but yeah, it works pretty good. So you know, true story, Escort was going to um be a uh product sponsor for the show. And uh, when I started requesting um, codes for the particular products, they're like, yeah, that's not in stock. That's not in stock. And I was like, is anything you got in stock? Because I can't tell my people to go buy this shit and none of it's in stock. So I I didn't do that sponsorship. Um, But uh, I I do like the Waze app. I I thought it was really cool. It was funny because they're like reporting debris in the roadway. And I was like, how accurate is this shit? It was dead on. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a piece of lumber in the middle of the highway. Wow. That's amazing. Um, but then I'd get pissed off if they said there was a cop there and there wasn't, I'd be like, shit, yeah. could have been going 70. <laughs> like, yeah. Did I tell you, did I tell you guys how the trip ended as <laughs> I, my dad and I, my dad total for the two trips. Cause we drove straight through both ways. Um, 
he probably drove a total of maybe four hours total on both ways. So I was driving the whole time. And when we got into uh, the Siskiyous, I, uh, it was in the middle of the night and uh, I finally started like the weekend and shit finally caught up with me and I'm driving through the Siskiyous and it's like these turns were coming out of nowhere and I'm pulling a trailer and I'm like red eyed. I'm looking in the mirror like I am tired right now. And I almost lost it a couple times. I was like, all right, shit, I got to just because the turns were coming out of nowhere. You're going 70 miles an hour and you're pulling a trailer like and you're in the pass. It's like a little treacherous. And I finally I tapped out, dude. I was like, you know what? I can't. I was starting to get irritated. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It is uh, 3 a.m. I'm going to go ahead and pull over in this rest stop, catch some Z's for a little bit. When the sun comes up, I'll hit it again. And I'm glad I did. I probably would have gotten my dad and I killed. <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> I was really trying to drive straight through. But, man, that's a hell of a drive. I thought about it when I made it to that rest stop. I was like, fuck, I drove from Vegas all the way here. This is crazy. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to give myself a little bit more cushion um, for time because I really wanted to only spend one day on the road, and it wiped me the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, hell it's almost like you got to plan something in between, like visit, uh, stop halfway, I don't know, vacation there, and then hit the uh, road again a day later or something, you know? Next time I'll probably just get uh, – I'll probably break it up into two legs for each section um, so that I can stop at least once and get some sleep and then hit the road again because – there was a lot of times I was slowing down just because I was so tired. Like I would catch my foot, like lifting off the accelerator. And then, uh, and I was too paranoid to put it in cruise control. Cause God forbid I fall asleep at 70 miles an hour or something, yeah, you know, yeah. at least if I start to fall asleep and my foot will come off the accelerator, hopefully. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I had a harder time doing that than I ever did driving big trucks. Um, I never fall asleep in that shit. And I don't know if that's just because I didn't want to get anybody really killed. <laughs> like, uh, but uh yeah that was a that was a rough trip um but i made it uh was it like 22 hours one way (laughs) according according to google maps it was only going to be 19 but then i got shut down in i-90 for two and a half hours because there was a fatality so that's that turned my what was supposed to be um or around 19 and a half or 20 hours it turned it into 24 hours uh and then how long did it take us to come back? I think I got home the next day around, it was another 24 hour journey. So 24 hours, both ways, pretty much. Um, when you do that journey and you realize, shit, man, I haven't slept. <laughs> You're trying it's, yeah, not a smart move. I, I probably will never be doing that again. And now I'm sitting here going, all right, what's my drive going to be like going to Tucson? <laughs> like that's going to be a fucking bear. Uh, yeah. yeah i've done that drive <laughs> that's crazy Definitely well the way yeah. the way into vegas i went through eastern washington northeastern oregon into southwestern idaho into the top of nevada that nevada drive the most boring shit i've ever done in my entire life that drive it, it's beautiful the scenery is beautiful the drive sucks so boring so boring um, that's why on the way back, well, I had heard that there was some sketchy weather because I thought, dumb me, I thought that I was only going to deal with one pass on the way to Vegas. Not true at all. <laughs> there was like three, it was like 19 degrees on one. And then I had heard that uh, there was a snowstorm on the way back, the direction I was going to go or really icy. And I was like, shit, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so that's why I went through California the next time. Um, 
but uh, I don't. I don't know yeah, how that, I would go to Arizona this time. Yeah, that trip through from the bottom of Idaho. We I did that turn from Boise and it went down. I actually went through Salt Lake before I went to the oh, okay. Vegas. Yeah, there's there was like almost nothing, and it was there's just an empty nothing. I didn't even know the freeways were. It was the middle of the night, like three in the morning on a <laughs> two lane road, like potholes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's so dark that I didn't even know where I was. Started yeah. the snow. All of a sudden, I see the lights of like uh, a freeway or something like that. And I'm like, what is that? Finally, there's a Dunkin' Donuts and a casino. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I must have made it. <laughs> yeah, I remember being in the middle of the day. First of all, we get in Nevada, and my dad's like, how much time we got left? I was like, Dad, you don't want to know how much more driving we got to do. This is going to be a long fucking day. And uh, we're... God, I don't even know how far out from Vegas we were, but we were in the middle of the desert. And I said, Dad, you realize we could die out here. Like, if we break the fuck down, like, because there was one point where we hadn't seen somebody for like, I, I didn't even know this was possible in America. I was like, I haven't seen another human being aside from you in like <laughs> 45 minutes. And we're driving on a highway through Nevada. I'm like, does that yeah. tell you something, Dad? Maybe that nobody drives this shit because it's so boring and you could die out here if something happens? <laughs> I was like, we got enough provisions to last us maybe 18 hours. <laughs> I was like, uh, and fuck, who's going to pull over for us? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, help those guys out. I was like, uh, Dad, do you have a cell phone signal? Uh, neither do I. We're fucked if something happens. Like, <laughs> well, you got the dart. You just unload the dart, start driving. I told you what problems I was having with that thing, right? I no. I got into uh, Idaho, and I was like, I got to see if I can move this dart, because I didn't think I had the weight distributed, because um, my truck was sagging so much. I was like, maybe I have it too much on the tongue, and uh, I got in it, and it wouldn't start. And I was like, oh, shit, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> like, I, I was so <laughs> mad. We had just ate McDonald's and I was like, you fuck. I, I was so mad. But I brought an extra bat because it was like dead to the world. And I was like, how is this battery dead? And I brought a brand new battery with me. I put that in dead, too. And I was like, this can't be right. And I was like, I'm, I was so pissed off at that point. I was like, I don't even want to think about it right now because I was tired, yeah. tired as fuck. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I. uh I loosened up the straps and I pushed the car back and um, I measured with my hand. I was like, huh, fuck, it hasn't changed anything. I was like, so that was pointless. So then I'm stressing out about the dart. And when we eventually got it to Vegas, um, I, I every time we stopped for fuel, I jump in it and see if maybe something had changed. And uh, <laughs> finally I got smart and I wiggled one of the harnesses and, uh, it fired up and I was like, you piece of shit. I was, I was so mad. I was like, don't do this to me, Dart. I paid a lot of money for you, Dart. Don't do this to me. And it wasn't the batteries. It was just you know, the wiring in the Dart is not bad, but uh, you can tell that some of the connections and shit need to be cleaned up and you know, it's an old car. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's almost like the Mr. Norm catching on fire again. Yeah. Cause the last thing I wanted was to get to Vegas and people were like, Oh, there it is. Pull it off the trailer. What are you doing? I'm like, no, nah, I kind of like it on the trailer. It looks pretty good up there. <laughs> like, Oh, you guys thought I was going to drive it off. Well, no, I was just planning on showing it on the trailer. That's <laughs> so I told my dad, I was like, I really didn't want to take the roadrunner cause I didn't want to have to push it off the trailer. Yeah. And I was like, I buy this fucking car for 4,000. And if I have to push this fucking thing off the trailer, I'm going to be very mad. I was going to be like, it's going to be a bad weekend for me, dad. But, uh, when it fired up, I was like, oh, thank God. And then I had a blast driving it around and stuff. 
um the video somebody asked me they're like damn what do you got in that thing and i was like well it's what i took off of it which was the muffler <laughs> and most of the exhaust system that makes it even remotely sound decent in video oh <laughs> uh, yeah that, that i thought that was funny <laughs> but fun stuff i i can't wait for uh matt's 2024 because uh I do want to do project cars of the strip again, but uh, I'm definitely not doing it as a challenge, but I like how many project cars actually participated. I thought it was great. But what was pissing me off is a lot of the coverage that I saw online never mentioned project cars of the strip. And it really pissed me off because I was like, that was a pretty huge part of the. I mean, I understand there were celebrities there and shit, but there was a lot of badass projects there and we didn't get as much press. If any press, um, there was only one guy, I forget his name, but uh, he gave Project Cars some pretty good press before the event even happened. And I asked um, I asked Phil Painter, I was like, did you talk to him about that aspect of the event? And he said, no, he must have seen it online. And I was like, ooh, that's power right there. I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was, there was uh, some stuff I would definitely change for next time. But um, very cool to see that many projects there. Very cool. Um, yeah, and I and I got to ride in one of Johnny's Chargers. That was fun. That's right. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> no, and was... you you did a big photo shoot, Mister Superstar. God, yeah, I know. make me feel left out. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there stewing, drinking a beer, going, "They wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Project Cars of the Strip." <laughs> Why they didn't fucking call me over for the magazine shoot? What the darts not fucking good enough? Because I didn't build it. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it was a, it was a good time. I was actually really happy for you um, because I knew uh, one of my stickers was on your car. So I was like, "Well, there's my magazine coverage." I'll be like, That's "There my, you go." See that little spot right there on his back window? That's my fucking sticker right there. <laughs> you can't read it, but it's mine. I promise. Yeah, it was uh, it was just lucky. I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy hooked that up because yeah. he was he was getting hooked up with the uh, Mopar Collectors Guide and oh. well, when you bring 19 cars, it's kind of hard not to notice. Yeah, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> that was awesome though. God, that was awesome. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. Yep. So my charger will be in Mopar Collectors Guide at some point. Yeah, hell yeah. That so just awesome. that just upped yeah. the value a little bit, didn't it, Johnny? <laughs> well, it's now legendary. It's yeah. the Blue Ghosts. The Blue Ghosts. <laughs> never undefeated. Never, never raced actually <laughs> at Matt's, but it was undefeated while it was there. <laughs> if you've never raced, then technically you are undefeated. So exactly. exactly. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh man. God. Damn it, you got it now. Now you got a good positive legend around it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's I, actually a really cool story. I mean, it it's kind of a miracle because those cars are getting so old. There's so much disconnect. You know, so many people own them in between the original owner and then you, and you know, you lose a lot. I always, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but like a lot of my cars, it I always think about like man, what did this car go through? It was probably just a family car and people just drove it around and it had nothing exciting going on in its life. But I try to envision like what it was going through, you know, but that car actually did talk to the original owner. So, and I, I have history on that car all the way to the beginning. So that's, what's pretty rare about it. Yeah. That's important. I think that's, that's yeah. important. 
Yeah, it's really it's really cool because I mean the original owner of the car just going through what he went through, you know, getting it. It's just it's unique. It's very right. unique. So and it's neat. So I've been waiting for the people to call me that bought my seventy Super B, my six pack one that sold at Kissimmee. That car sold for one hundred and seventy grand, and that was my high school car. I bought it from the original owner, and I know every single thing about that car wow. since it got concourse restored and it's changed hands for all these guys. It got this big money now. This last owner hasn't contacted me. All my information's in the glove box of that car, and a laminated card with my, a picture of me when I'm eighteen with the car. And cool. Thought, Why aren't That's these awesome. people? Yeah, it is cool. I think you know. I'm like, damn. Why aren't these people calling me? Want every other owner that bought it contacted me, wanted to know any more information I had on the car for them because I have the build sheet and I can't find it. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, oh, wow. I, I pulled it out back in the '80s, and uh, I don't know where it is, but. I was just kind of disappointed in this last one. I figured by now I would have been contacted. Somebody would want the history. You're going to spend 170 grand on a car like that. Unfortunately, it's going to be stuffed in a museum now, and they'll never see the road again. But yeah, um, yeah, and, and we're yeah. getting at a point where a lot of those guys, you know, that own those cars originally, were a lot older, and they're not here with us anymore. You know, and it's like that history is completely gone. Yeah. And then, you know, we don't have videos. We don't have, we didn't have a lot of stuff back then, right? It'd be kind of cool if there was some sort of platform where this, these stories can be told. So 20 years from now, 100 years from now, somebody yeah. can look at that car and go, oh man, like Harold, he was the original owner of this car. And then I went to this guy and went to this guy and this guy. It'd be pretty awesome to like know the origins of that car or even bits and pieces like slices of its history you know like that's what i want to do with my youtube i just started this youtube channel now and hopefully i can go out and get some content that's my focus i want to do features on cars and i want to get the background story yeah and hopefully oh, yeah. Get, you know original yeah, awesome. stuff, second third owner it doesn't really matter as long as i can get the history of the car and kind of document it for 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 the future it's out there it'll yeah. be digital digitalized it'll be there forever mm -hmm. somebody wants to learn about a car that person's legacy will live on like the yeah. gtx i bought a few years ago i'm the third owner that car never left detroit its entire life um i got all the wow. background on it the dealership it came from the original owner the second owner um on my show board that i make it i'm including their names on there because yeah, that car awesome. wouldn't even be existing yeah. if it wasn't for them preserving. That's awesome. You know, that's how. So that'll be my focus on the YouTube channel here. Hopefully, that and some barn finds and junkyard shit that we got here in Wisconsin. Because I got. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I just had this epiphany that uh, not only do I get shit from people that listen to the show or my friends. But there's going to be a day where my grandkids are going to be like, you know, Grandpa, we've been watching the podcast and listening to the podcast, watching your videos. Did you ever build shit or did you just fucking sell it? <laughs> and I'm going to go, you little bastards. You're all out of the will. You're not getting shit. <laughs> oh, Everybody I just realized has their I've, niche, Chris. Everybody has their niche. I, I've yeah. set the precedence now. <laughs> It'd be one yeah. thing if I was selling shit and making like a lot of money and like doing some good flips. <laughs> but I'm like, well, there's got to be a point where I... I pick something and stick with it. Um, that's why I had to think about what my next move was going to be. And I was like, what would I have gotten rid of 
the Mr. Norm truck for? If somebody wanted to trade me another truck, because I don't know, there's something about trucks I really like. And I said, the only thing that would have done it would be a little red express. Cause that's the next, it's the next thing or a badass warlock. I'd take a warlock too, but, um, it would have taken the right little red express to get me to let go of the Mr. Norm truck. Um, because at the at the core, if you ask me, why did you trade the Mister Norm truck for that Roadrunner? I would tell you uh, that it was monetary. <laughs> that I was like, I'm getting a fucking hell of a deal here. I might I should take this because I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Um, and I did, but uh, I still regret it because at the end of the day, for me, I realized that money really doesn't mean shit to me compared to like how much I care about a certain vehicle, and. Uh, like this dart now i'm probably like i'm gonna regret getting rid of that because now that one was at project cars at the strip so i've got some history with it now and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh man the inaugural you know Mm -hmm. uh i don't know if i can get rid of it now now it's got some serious history so well now i now i can look forward and go no we're not getting rid of that thing (laughs) yeah well you gotta i mean it's unfortunate but you gotta make these mistakes because like Imagine right now, if you still had Mr. Norm, all you'd be thinking about is getting rid of it, getting something, you know, on the next level or whatever. You never would have had this epiphany without making that, you know, having that regret, I guess. I mean, my big runner, I wish I still had my 69 Roadrunner. I screwed up taking it apart and then sold the body off. And it's like, fuck, that was a good car. But, we probably yeah. would have talked him into putting that right. Hemi in right? He sold his yeah. Yeah. Barracuda back in '89. I just got lucky enough to find it, hunt it down. Yeah, yeah. Think of it like that, Chris. Fire you're fire in your Mister Norm truck. You, it's like a um... <laughs> <laughs> Joe. How dare you? <laughs> That's the new goal. That I'm setting a goal. 2055. There it is. <laughs> can't fail at that one or can't cue four months from now when the darts for sale. Like I'm tired of this thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we're almost two hours in. I'm starting to get tired. I got to get uh, this garage cleaned out so I can have come, people hopefully come buy this car. Uh, th- thanks for joining me guys. It's been a while since we did this. So we're going to have to uh, do it again sometime very soon. Um, Johnny Mopar, where can people find all your content? YouTube. YouTube's the best place. I do have Instagram. I do have Facebook, but I'm mostly on YouTube and interact there the most. So right come on. on over. See the, the 440 build. Yes. Junkyard 440 build, <laughs> which is now named the Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Jeremy, where can they find all your content, buddy? Yeah, I'm on YouTube as well. Um, that's where a majority of the content is. I do love uh, posting on TikTok, though. I've done really well on TikTok. <laughs> but, uh, I'm also on Facebook. I have an Instagram, right. but I don't really post to it too much. Add sort of stock Mopars everywhere, right? Yep. yep. Sort of stock Mopars everywhere. Polly, I can't commit. So, for those of you that don't know, Polly's a hell of a welder. And I've tried to convince him to start a YouTube channel, and he hasn't done it yet. And I hope that you're going to do it. I've still thinking about it i haven't got there yet but with this 440 build i might actually put some content together to be able to get up there and yeah. uh, maybe i'll throw up some welding videos and whatnot as well uh, i've got a lot of people asking for it so 
Perhaps one of these days I'll get close to it. I appreciate the plug though. Yeah. If you, cool. I might make you do some stuff on my car and just film it and plug your new channel. <laughs> like, hey, you know, if that works right now, I'm in the middle of a move. I, yeah. I've got this house up for sale and uh, hopefully I'll be moving soon and get onto my project and I can be able to film some content. If not, I can come over to your place and do some content over there. Absolutely. I'll have plenty of welding projects for you, dude. <laughs> no shortage, no Perfect. shortage here. <laughs> Perfect. Harold, you just started a YouTube channel. Where can we find you, buddy? Um, it's under my name currently. It's Harold Micheloni. It's okay. M-I-C-H-E-L-O-N-I. But tomorrow, I am going to force myself to name that channel something. Johnny and I talked a while back about this privately. And, yeah. And I, I kind of, I'm, I'm a Mopar, exclusively Mopar. Yeah. But I'm okay. a muscle car fan. Yeah. So maybe I'm going to open my avenue to... Harold's Muscle Car World, yeah. something like that. But I have to come up with a name because I want to make some business cards when I'm dropping them on windshields and mm-hmm. car shows and I'm doing yep. interviews. Yeah, I want to get this a little more legit. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, other than using my name with my massive 65 subscribers, yes, I had 65. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> you Harold, saying- you got more than me. I got one. Well, hey, man. <laughs> so I, I was on with Johnny and I picked up 19 at once one night. So, <laughs> but now I'm getting some good content together. I'm learning all this. I had to yeah. buy this fancy computer, this GoPro thing. I never yeah. did any of this stuff before. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so yeah. This is the first live stir, the steam yard thing i just punched it in and hey it worked all right so, i love that yes. <laughs> q harold q harold having his own live stream show here in just a couple of months <laughs> you're gonna hear folks i will give you shit to talk about i will give you a piece of advice and i like that you're on the right track do not put yourself in just the mopar bubble <laughs> it is probably the worst like i love the name of the podcast but let's be honest i don't own that <laughs> and Mom Mopar could come knocking at any time. <laughs> and I also, I can't be, I can't, if I see a Chevy I really like, which probably won't happen, uh, you know, what am I going to do? Put it on my channel? No, probably not. <laughs> no, y'all got to make sacrifices. That's how yeah. I'm looking at it. I do have, I do have a couple <laughs> names picked out for the day that they come knocking on my door, but um, hopefully I'll never have to tell anybody those names so that I can keep it uh, talking Mopars, but we'll see. <laughs> I hope so. It fits. Yeah. It, it definitely fits. And, uh, I, I hope that it's now ingrained in the culture where it's like, if they did come knocking on my door, uh, a lot of people would give them shit for it. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, what? It's not like the guy's rich. You can't even fucking finish a car. You watch the guy's channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, thanks guys for joining me. Um, it was a lot Thank of fun. You. You're welcome back anytime. Anytime yeah. we do a live. Same with everybody in the chat. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your comments and questions. It was a lot of fun, and we will do this again soon. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind. Later. Nice meeting you guys. Have a good one. Thank you. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about this show, you know where to go, TalkingMopars.com. And you can reach me by emailing Chris at TalkingMopars.com or by leaving me a voicemail on my voicemail box at 
28 Mopar, and you just might get to hear yourself on the show. So keep sharing those Mopar stories with me and anything else that is on your Mopar Addicted Mind. Before we shut this podcast episode down, I want to give a special shout out to Pass and Performance. For all of your Mopar 4-speed A833 needs, visit PassandPerformance.com and let Jamie help you get your shift together. Also, don't forget how important it is to keep your Mopar protected from the elements. If you need protection, don't wait. Head on over to TalkingMopars.com, click on the Affiliates tab, and go get your Mopar covered today. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.